Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree with OCR Talk. I'm here with Mark Duplessis, April Dupree, and Sid Morris at the last day of the NORAM uh, North American Championships. And today we had the, the team race and the charity race, the charity 7K. And we just got done hanging out in the hot tub in our hotel for like, what, like an hour? Good hour, yeah. It was a while. Oh, felt great. Now, obviously everybody knows, that's listening, knows Mark in, in April. Uh, Sid, Sid is one of the build guys and we, you know, if you listen to us a lot, then you heard us talk about Battle OCR, and that's his race. And he uh, did most of the obstacles for this, as far as the build all goes. Metal. All of them. Even the cheese walls? All the steel and metal. Oh, all the steel and metal. Okay. That's right. Because y'all had guys that were, y'all did steel and metal, and you said you had a guy for wood, yep. and what was the other? He was kind of doing everything, like random, helping out. Everything random? The marking of the course, right? He did all the marking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. He did a good job with the marking. Yeah. Really did. I don't think there I was think, anywhere. I think Noram has a standard, and they want to make double, you know, double lines the entire way. Yeah. Double lines. Which was nice. That was really nice. I. The only part that I that I stepped off course for a second was I think at the very very top after the climb on the 15k at the the rig after the rig you go down that hill and like up a little slant wall and. I just started going around the slant wall for some reason, <laughs> even though there's tape right across the ground right there. And I saw him came back. But anyway, uh, so today the the team race so unique in the fact that while these other races we have to qualify for the team race, they don't have a. I guess because there's not enough people staying around on Sunday, so they don't have a pro age group and journeyman. It's just pro and open. But they have pro men, pro women, pro co-ed, and then open men, open women, and open co-ed. 
And so because of that, me and, and, and my team, we decided to go pro, even though we ended up being third to last. So we weren't last, which is pretty cool. But there were only, I think, 16 teams, maybe 17 altogether. Which looked, it, it looked like a small crowd in the starting crowd, mm-hmm. but looking back at last year, it was about the same. I think it was a little bit more last year, but not much. I think the number was like one or two more teams. Yeah. It really wasn't a lot. I was really surprised. And for the men? Yeah, for the men's. The women's bro. was I didn't insanely see tiny. Really? Yeah, I, I live streamed the women's. The women's was really tiny. The co-ed was huge. Co-ed was yeah. bigger than both. Well, a lot of your main big people, too, yeah. did co-ed. Yeah. And it was funny because... We were waiting for the transition at uh, after the technicals, and well, I'll go ahead and explain how, how it works. There's a, it's a relay instead of just being everybody running at the same time. So you got a, a speed section, a, tech, a, a strength section, and a technical section, and then everybody hooks up at the end, and you finish out the the race at the end. The speed section kind of runs up the mountain. It's kind of just a, a long run with a couple of obstacles. They had a rig up at the top. What else did they do up there? For technical? Yeah. No, no, for speed. For speed? They went up there. I don't remember what they did on top. Right, so. I know they didn't do the farmer's carry, but the, they did the rig that was right there, too. Yeah, yeah. they did the rig. And maybe, no, they didn't do high low, because we did high low. And uh, they did the little hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> they called it the, the, the hurdles. The hurdles. <laughs> yeah. I mastered those. <laughs> so it's funny, uh, they did like photo shoots of all the obstacles today, because they want to do a revamp on the oh, website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brett and a bunch of the main guys are like, just don't take pictures of <laughs> So the technical guys, I mean the speed guys, really didn't have a lot. It's mostly running. And then the strength guys, which is what I did, and Sid, you actually did too. So we had to do, uh, right from the back, we jump over a wall and then go down to Valkyrie, which you know, we've actually talked about this obstacle already this weekend. So we did that one, which was nice. I like in the speed and the strength, having getting to do something. It was like last year, uh, Skitch was in the speed, strength, keep saying speed. But um, that was after they took off the hooks because people yeah. were smashing their hands together. But uh, so having something, it's nice. Like I would be so sad if all I did was carry a rag bag for the strength yeah, yeah. So we did, we had a, a, a hefty hike up, um, prime, halfway up the mountain almost to get to the farmer's carry and we did farmer's carry the high low and then run back down the mountain to do sandbag carry and the sandbag carry was the same the rec bag carry was the same as yesterday uh whereas opposed to last year and it was like half a mile up half a mile down or something insane god awful well i mean that's what you expect when you got gbc eating that (laughs) up yeah i think yeah a lot of people complain is like no it was too much because he likes his heavy carries yeah and, and then we run down from that and uh, pass it off. And I, I remember coming down, like getting to the, near to the top of the wreck back carry and being like, this is it, you just gotta get to the top of this and then you're done basically. I mean, you know, running down the hill obviously, but really there's not much anything hard after that for us. So really, you know, just fly down the hill as fast as you can and pass it off to Juan, was on my team. Mark uh, Johnson, I believe was his name, is, was my speed guy. And who's your speed guy? I don't even know. He was on a four five team. Uh, so they had a he placed like I think sixth or seventh in the pro Saturday. And then uh, then I had for the technical a kid that placed first in thirteen year old age. Wow. 
he was the one that was ahead of us during the um, charity race. Oh. In the little group, the one yeah. that they were going back and forth bickering mm-hmm. about, like, who qualified better type thing for, oh, the, yeah. for all that. That was him. Gotcha. He was he was good, too. Yeah, he, he was he really good. good. He, got, he got his up one notch. And he took over. If you, I mean, I, I bet as a young athlete like that, if you figure out the technique, and you can get the coordination down because you're so light. Yeah, that it's probably <laughs> super easy to go through those obstacles, especially if he sticks with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at VJ. VJ's <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we ran down, handed it off to to Juan Campo, and then uh, they did all the obstacles that were in the the village area and. Um, Gibbon as well, and then ran up the stairway and came back. So they, it really wasn't super long, but uh, for us, we were in last place uh, after not when I started and when I finished. We were still in last place, but Juan made up two spots. And I remember sitting at the transition waiting on him and seeing the like two orange shirts and two Puerto Rico shirts or something. I was like, those guys are behind us. I, I know it. And sure enough, we got fourteenth uh, out of sixty. <laughs> but um, while we were sitting there waiting, we had the what's the big Canadian French guy that was on the I think the winning team. Um, oh, he's, he's got a pretty pretty thick French accent. The uh, can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Um, but he came flying through, and he was on co-ed. So like, I don't think the pro women had come through yet. Yeah. No, they they passed the pro women. Yeah. Yeah. They passed crazy. all the pro women. That was pretty crazy. And uh, so Juan came through, and we hook up at the end, and then you do a little run through the village, and, and everybody goes through Urban Sky. And that was that was nice, because in years past, it's always just been just the warp wall. Yeah. Not the warp wall, the wall at the end. And we just did it uh, one at a time, which is, wasn't anything crazy, but it was good to do one last obstacle. And then run up the wall, and, and that was the end of it. And there was no rope for the team? No rope on the wall. We didn't go anywhere over in that area. But super nice that it was oh no rope climb. Or are you saying no, rope I mean, on, on the, the wall? wall at the end was the yeah. rope there? No, no rope. No. Okay. And it it's funny because when we f- the first time we went to OCR World Championships in sixteen in Ontario, um, that wall was super steep. Yeah. And since then they haven't done one that steep. I guess the people had a lot of complaints, I don't know. But uh we'll it, see it, next year. <laughs> well this one was I mean it was such a beautiful day we had great weather the entire weekend uh, other than the, the like what 30 minutes worth of rain that came through random rims rugs yeah, yeah. Um, towards the uh, midday yesterday but today was absolutely gorgeous yeah. and uh, Felt good too. by the time we got to that that wall it was I mean if you had the right technique and skill it, you could just run right up the whole thing yeah, you really didn't need to do the ladder like you had to in the past. Did you guys all just run up? Yeah, we just took off. So that was good. It was a good event. It's it's always it's awesome seeing everybody out there because you're you're waiting in this little transition area with all the you know the pros and the, the people who are just signed up for pro and everybody's hanging out cheering each other on. Every time somebody comes through, everybody's clapping and being like, "Great job, man!" And uh, really good event just for that, just the, the camaraderie I think that it that it provides for everybody. And and then so that's all over and then the, the charity race, you know, I say race with air quotes, 
because uh, everybody's just it's just like there's no timing chips so you just go it's more do like a course. open type yeah fun run. Mm-hmm. do the course they try the obstacles skills. it's kind of yep. do what you want yeah. some people were like well we'll just take this path instead and like <laughs> I want to do that obstacle let's try this one let's go over there <laughs> yeah pretty much but yeah it was fun we we had a good time uh, we did it with uh, Mark and April and Mike and Caitlin from Obstacle Run Adventures that first hike was still pretty pretty good hike yeah. <laughs> that was a hike and a half there yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was gorgeous. I could see April's face the whole time going up it. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was the mad. Worst. Oh, she was so mad. But she cheered up right away when we started going downhill. I did. Yeah. I got happy after that. So, do you enjoy it? After, after. Or you just deal with it because you're struggling for a race bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, after the mountain, it was fun. Like, I had a good time with that. I just. That was hard. And it was also super frustrating when like kids were passing me and like older people were just out like having Scroll. a hike and I was like so frustrated I'm just that's not April's like I can't do this rig and this old guy just do 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 it was gorgeous up there though turn just turn around looking out the and breeze was blowing it oh, yeah. probably wasn't but 65 degrees it's scary if you go out there like 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> no yeah I imagine it's like clouds over yeah. it <laughs> Miss Town. Well, that's what we had last year. Yeah, last year was like that. It was like it was ghost town up there. Yeah. Yeah. And and chilly because there's no sun. Yeah. It's amazing how the how drastic the temperature gets when the sun comes out versus when it's not. And so we came down uh, came down the mountain, did started doing obstacles and, and really enjoying it. And you know, like April never she does a, a race here and there every once in a while. Like she tried to do tough tough mudder last year and it got canceled because of rain. Um, she did the charity race last year here, and so really getting a, a chance to, you know, to show herself what she can do, and it's really cool to see some of the things that I don't think she expects to be able to do, but then she pulls it out, and, you know, getting over, like, even like the wall down by Valkyrie, just a, a simple, you know, it, it's not crazy easy because that step up with the little 2x4 in the middle is so high, and then okay. jumping up, yeah, mm-hmm. and then jumping up and reaching that top, uh, it is tricky and she was able she did it first try and uh getting halfway you know even getting halfway through a rig is still really impressive for somebody that never does it yeah um and i remember saying this last year too i really like the charity race because the spectators have been watching over the past two days they've been seeing everybody doing these obstacles and it's fun to get there out there and, and try on yourself because you're like wow this, this is a lot different from this point of view mm-hmm. it looks so easy when they were trying Another appreciation for it. No, I think, and I think it, it, it's good to involve, you know, all the spectators too. Yeah, and getting to try things multiple times too, like yeah, Mark, you tried Legaff. I don't know God, several so several times. That, yeah, I mean you got it the day before, but yeah, I got it, I got it earlier in the week, or but, you know, on the three K. And I was convinced my technique was the right technique, and then doing it today was just. My leg wouldn't hold up to it, and clearly it wasn't the right technique. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like I got like a bone bruise where I was squeezing the the pole between <laughs> my legs. So what would y'all say the most memorial uh, obstacle or part of the race the whole weekend? Y'all had the one from the most like most memorable. The yeah, oh, memorable. Yes. The mo- for me, my, for me, it was coming down from uh, you know running down the hills because that uh, we we talked about this already, but it. No other race have I have I done where it's like I I enjoy the uphills more than the downhills. 
because the downhills are so steep and that's the kind of like that length of a downhill we, we can't we don't train for that down and like what, what am I supposed to do get on a Stairmaster and go down backwards like, I'm not really sure how to train that because um, I can go to the levee and run down up yeah. and down a hill but it's it's not nearly not like the length of time that you really need to develop those quads for I that. love the downhills I just love bombing those downhills well when they're shallow yeah. and they're mellow it's great just flying down but when it gets so fast that if you don't break you're going to hurt yourself oh I got nervous today yeah when yeah. when we first hit that first downhill and I, I was like that just I felt like I felt the fly yeah <laughs> Like I turned around and Mike just looked at me. He's like, "You're going too fast." I'm like, "I can't stop. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna stop." So like even for me, like walking down steps right now is it, it hurts really. Like my legs are so sore up in the quads. We um, also did so, four races this weekend. Yeah, but so. I mean, yes, yeah, I mean it's it, but it's all it's mainly based off of that first climb up and then run back mm-hmm. down because it's so long. And uh, so getting through with that and then doing the wreck back carry and after that, I just felt like. I, I was just in survival mm-hmm. mode instead of like really trying to compete. Um, so that was probably the most memorable part for me. Is like, wow, I've not struggled, but uh, had to push myself more than mm-hmm. I do typically. I think in a lot of races. So that was I was good. happy to get to race with April. It's, this is the first time we've raced together. Yeah, as far as the charity yeah. goes, yeah. Love it. Getting to do. I mean, that after you <laughs> after you stop being mad at me for. <laughs> For making us go up the <laughs> up the mountain instead of taking their first cut, yeah. And especially as like, a competitive racer, like I've gotten out of you know when we first started, we used to run together all. Yeah, time. yeah. And I, we've gotten out of that because I want to be yeah, competitive. Have, yeah. So I you know run off and, and and even in the beginning, like we we both of us have always been. I don't want to run someone else's pace, and we've just kind of been like, all right, have a good race. And but we would run together. Yeah, for we a bit, would. Yeah, we would run together. Like, okay, I can see the separation happening. So, yeah, you know, go ahead, take off. And like I remember early on like the sprints I was I, I've never been good uphill and you would go uphill and then I would go I would bomb downhills and we would just kind of shift back and forth mm-hmm. even running together at the time so it was nice to get to run together and do everything yeah but, but yeah getting to, getting to run together really was a good good memorable thing that's for sure there's Brett Stewart yeah. and Rachel Ann I'm not sure who the other one is, but hey. so that's Jason Farmer. So he's he's our lead volunteer coordinator. Okay. Oh, right on. So y'all on OCR Talk podcast? Y'all on the podcast right now? What's up? How's it going? How you doing? What's up? Hey, you guys got one of the best right here. Yeah. yeah. Y'all on the podcast right now? Absolutely. Yeah, we're recording for an episode. Oh, hi. Sorry. So we got Jason Farmer here. He's our our lead a volunteer coordinator, and then Rachel into the oh, Rachel Ann. <laughs> we had some thoughts about volunteer services manager. So. Job. Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank y'all for all y'all's efforts yeah. and work. There's so yeah. many it's y'alls training. there just now. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the y'alls. She's like a genie. Like you want to put her in a bottle and just take her out and make her laugh. <laughs> and speaking of which, I'm going to disappear. Have fun. What are your wishes? <laughs> all right. Thank you. Take care. That was nice. And uh, all right. So we're saying. Oh, memorable moments. Yeah. Do y'all have any other ones that you, like, was the most memorable thing? Mine was Urban Sky. Urban Sky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Urban so, Sky, man. I was so happy about it. As our charity race happened and we got done, um, going up the stairway, coming back down, it's it's far enough away. Yeah. Oh, it should be. A, I mean, yeah, yesterday we were next to a crowd yeah, of people right, recording. Yeah, yeah. But 
um, we uh, got done and or got to towards the end. Did that last little jog through the the village. Mm-hmm. Um, did the did the car slide and Mark slid a little too way far. Way too hard. Way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Slid right off the uh, right off the end. Right on the. Well, when you say go fast and, and jump low, I go full sprint and. Make sure I'm gonna slide across and then I like, fall to the like, ground. Belly flop and just try to slide across like last year, but it looked really dented yeah. and not very level, so decided. Ideally, I wanted to open the back door and just shimmy across the back seat <laughs> and then open up the other door. You need to do that. Yeah. Next year, if the cars are there, yeah. I'll make sure it's unlocked. It was yeah, it was locked. I'll the let first you know what door. I got when I got to it in a three ko. I grabbed. I'll make the door sure. I'll make sure like, Arnold with OCR oh. tubes there. Yeah. So <laughs> it. That'd be awesome. So when we got through there and got to Urban Sky, uh, Mark had done you know tried the Urban Sky mm. at, in the three k, and um, we were there for a good twenty minutes at least. Yeah, probably tried gave it eight or nine times. Efforts. Yeah. So we got Brett Stewart coming Here's in. Brett Stewart. Oh, is this a live podcast? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's yeah live. Oh, yeah, we're live to tape. I'm gonna post it tonight. So Brett Stewart's our race director and owner of Mudder and Guy. Excellent efforts for you. Great, yeah. job. great, great job today. Great job. Thank you. I, um, we had a great time. You know, the, the crazy part is I've been on builds for, eesh, <laughs> this is a weird number, um, probably six years. Um, yeah. Well, no, it's probably a decade, actually. We've been doing, I was doing triathlons and marathons and all that sort of stuff. And even with um, with OCR Worlds, when we started in 2014, I was, we were probably there, maybe the build was 10 days. This is the first time I've ever been, ever been on a build that's been, how long have we been here? Like three weeks now? Yeah. So y'all gave yourself more time? Is that well, well, we, yeah, we, we kind of had to. Um, there's there's so many elements, so many little pieces that go into this. And um, we, that's what I say this, um, we had a very short turnaround. Um, or we had some changes with the organization and we had to jump in. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, uh, I was one of the one of the, the co-founders of Worlds, but I was never really active um, as a employee, we'll say. And we had actually put somebody different in race director for the last couple of years, a really good friend of mine who I, I think did a fantastic job. And you know, some changes came about. And I'll tell you, it's it's one of these days I will write a book about so you want to be a race director. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are like, oh, that sounds so, like so much fun. It it, it, it is. I mean, there's there's a lot of fun to be had in putting on a race. A lot of headaches too. <laughs> it is it is so much harder than um, it's one of the hardest things that you can do because um, a live event of any type, whether it's I work work in TV and radio and everything before, but a live event is is, is something that um, you know it goes over and it's you you know you flub something on the air aside from you know the internet nowadays you know with um, with like. Um, with Bill O'Reilly doing the, you know, FN, let's do it live video. It's not like that. Um, but, you know, when you have a, a live TV show, even when I was working at, at NBC, you know, you screw up something. Every newscast, you screw something up. You always say something wrong, you go to the wrong camera. That stuff, but it's over in an instant. Mm. With, uh, with an event, um, especially in the world, you know, the post-fire festival world, um, you know, when something goes wrong in an event, people remember that shit. Yep, like, yeah. It doesn't go away immediately. And with obstacle course racing, it's different because it's not a music event. You've got people's lives in your hands. Mm. And 
we don't take that. I personally don't take that very lightly. Hopefully, I don't know anyone who takes that lightly. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I know all the race directors out there, and, and, and no one that I know of does. But um, it's a huge responsibility, and it's a lot of stress that goes into it. So we had um, we had the opportunity to come in. I had the opportunity to come in here. I had the great opportunity to build a crew, and I will tell you, Sid, Bobby, and Justin did things that I, I you're, by the way, Sid's sitting right next to me, of course you know this because you heard this, but um, <laughs> I'm going to give him compliments, but I've never worked with a crew like this, and I've worked with some really, I mean, when you know the names of, of these different race directors, I've worked with all these people before. Uh, I've never worked with an entire crew that's as strong as these guys are. What we pulled off in Is three he weeks. Is up? No, I'm not. <laughs> you can say this. Is it just because they worked extra hard, or no? Because they gave a shit. They knew what they were doing. They got their. They got so much done so quickly. Um, like 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 Sid is a monster. I don't know. You can't see him on this podcast, but he's you know he's carved out of granite. Um, and and he would. Um, aside from me having to share a hot tub with him every once in a while, that's, that's just embarrassing, actually. But, um, but Sid works really, really hard. Um, you know, if something has to get done, it's done before, like tonight. We just finished the race at, the last runners came in at 4.02 today. And Sid was already out there on the course breaking down elements because Stratton needs, Stratton's working on one of the lifts. And the biggest, probably the biggest build on the course, yeah. Uh, Triumph, our new version of Dragon's Back, happens to be sitting in a place that they need to work on tomorrow morning at like 7 a.m. So Sid and, and Bobby and Justin went over there and tore that shit down and moved the biggest obstacle that we have on the course in a matter of hours. And then came back over to festival and helped tear down three other obstacles. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen on race night. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm happy to be a part of it. I don't know if we can replicate this the same way. I hope we can. I mean, but gosh, it was it was fun. This was a grind. Twenty one days for a build yeah. was tough. Twenty one days with with three resources because we have three mm-hmm. guys. All the people that we, last year we had twenty four guys. Mm-hmm. We have three guys plus all the local help that we brought in. So we brought a lot of people up to speed. We had a lot of. I mean, everyone was green. You know, right. There was no seasoned people below mm-hmm. the four of us. So it was a, uh, it was a challenge, but it was a, it was the outcome was great. I, what did you guys think of the course? Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. You tell you, yeah. tell oh. me. Don't, don't oh no, it was great. I was very impressed by it. So well, what, what would be one negative and one positive that all like of the whole course? And don't hold back on the negative. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. I can take it. I, I think the. Uh, the straw under stairway or you know like seeing the the crash pads under Valkyrie was like oh well that makes a lot of sense yeah. and it looks like it worked really well yeah mm-hmm. if that was under a stairway that would have been probably the better only other obstacle that could have really used something like that well the the, the truth on stairway is um so we had there's there was three bales of hay whatever cubic amount I don't even I can't calculate right now um but we backed off of doing anything more on stairway because people, because as you're coming down, people tend to hit their feet, and we were actually more worried about people losing, you know, losing, uh, just knocking them off of the last stair. Because you're, I mean, you're on your fingertips mm-hmm. on that last or second to last stair. 
Um, so we are actually cognizant of not having too much, mm. but I like the feedback. I really appreciate it. I mean, and we send out, uh, speaking of feedback, we send out a, um, a questionnaire, and I know a lot of races do that. We, um, on the staff of Adventure, we have um, Rob, our um, CFO, whatever, COO, whatever he is, take it, it is very yes he takes it he very, takes it very, very seriously. seriously so we have uh, we have action items that we go through and, and um, when we talk about um, adventure being um, athletes first that really is the number one thing that we worry about we, our, our, our number one thing on our mind and so we go through we take that feedback and um, so stairway was one mm -hmm. of those and the biggest reason I say that is because I know one of the times that I passed through there was somebody getting medical attention and yeah. he said he saw some yeah oh yeah I ran up right when that guy's leg just, yeah so st yeah. stairways stairways a tough tough obstacle um, we are actually so changing yeah we're, we're changing <laughs> that for next year uh, a little bit um, it's an obstacle that has grown up the obstacle, mm -hmm. to be honest the build uh, that build of stairway is three years old at this point and we're very familiar with Concord Gauntlet and Dave sure. Lane Prize yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. And so we were there in 16 when he actually came up and yeah. built it fresh. And it was yeah. like the edges of the wood were still sharp yeah. and everything. So, so this is, is that the same build? No, this isn't the same build, believe it or not. So Tracy, um, uh, Joe, uh, with Tracy, Jenna, and, and Brenna, long day, uh, built that last <laughs> no, no, year. No, no, Brenna, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So Tracy and Brenna built, uh, built that uh, last year. And um, it's, it, it's great. But what, you know, when you have elements that are you know wood elements that haven't been painted or whatever, yeah. you know, they they their their lifespan isn't mm -hmm. that long to begin with, and um, stairway has also uh, morphed a little bit. Even though the uh, the CPG version of it has changed, and as we move farther into you know, developing different obstacles so they can be more transportable, mm -hmm. um, that's a difficult obstacle to <laughs> store. It's you know 16 foot long, piece, yeah. 16 by eight pieces. Um, don't go into a trailer very easily. They don't get set up very easily. You need a telehandler. You can't just muscle it up there. Mm -hmm. So we're going. In, we're moving towards something that's a little bit more transportable. We're, we're you know, with some talented individuals. I'm pointing at Sydney, by the way. For, uh, when, when we've got a scaff master here, there's no reason why we shouldn't be building as many things as possible on a scaffold. Mm -hmm. This year we did nine uh, elements out of scaffolding. I think next year we're looking at 13 at least. But um, so we so you know one of the things as you change you have to sunset items. Mm -hmm. So we're um, starting tomorrow. We're we're putting there's a, a lot of wood that's being donated to Habitat for Humanity. There's a, a lot of wood that's going in the old dumpster. Um, so we're really getting moving away from a lot of the elements that we've had for years or that we've had like like the gaff per se. That's wood that's going to um, Habitat for Humanity. Um, awesome. The gaff is, a, is an amazing wood build. And right. it's gorgeous because it's a wood build. Um, yeah. But it took Marco and Matt, um, Teo, it took them like like two and a half. And the wood was already cut. Mm -hmm. was the same build from last so year. Last we to put it together. Yeah. It took wow. like two and a half days to put that thing together. Wow. You know, that, that's not the Northman build crew. That's you know the, the, mm -hmm. the owner and one of the other dudes from the race. I don't know what it was. But they took them two and a half days. There's no obstacle that we could possibly have that could take us two and a half days. Right. Especially if we're only here for 21 and we have 40 obstacles. Mm -hmm. Do the math, it doesn't work. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of different things that we need to change and adapt. And um, you know, we're gonna see that definitely uh, in 2020 with a lot of the obstacles that we have. So two things that come out of what some things you just said there. 
the scaffolding itself, not a negative, but one of the things that I think just to be aware of, and y'all may already be, sure. a lot of that scaffolding, especially when you rent it, is like old and painted and rusted. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you, using that for the framing is no big deal. But, uh, you know, the stuff that, like the pipe that goes across for the monkey bars, you know, obviously you want that stuff to be clean mm -hmm. so that it doesn't tear people's hands. When sure, of course. It. And um, also just curious, for the, it seems like when y'all first started, it was more race directors and company, you know, race companies coming out and actually building their stuff. Sure. Is that, it seems like it's less now, so. Well, so I'll be honest, it's actually very, very, so the, the number of races that are very, um, the number of, so we, we call them our, our partner races. Mm -hmm. uh, so this year, so, so F5 has evolved into being a bigger participant. So when you have a, um, you know, Carl's a great friend of ours. He has grown his business based around us. When you have um, a, a sponsor and partner contributor like that, it does take a little bit of, little bit away from, you know, from having other partners. The other but right. just have to think about it. We had to a Blackfoot Runner with, with uh, Blackfoot, Black Swamp Runner, boy, it's been a long time. Black Swamp Runner with, with Littlefoot. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Northman there with, with McGaff. Um, essentially, we have adventure fitness, but that was their obstacle from that they brought last year, right? Correct. So they did. Did they actually come this oh, year? Oh, sure. Totally. Okay. Oh, you kidding? Me? We couldn't. Put, so that was the other side of this. We we can't put that obstacle together. Okay. You know, it's uh, it's very complicated, and that also uh, getting into the weeds of it. That's an old build of that obstacle as well. So while we we look at so stairway, so you know, uh, you know, the CTG wasn't here. You know, we didn't we didn't have. Uh, Whereas, like in, in, in Texas, when we had um, what am I blanking? The U.S. The yeah. U.S. race. Mm -hmm. We had the U.S. race in oh, yeah. Texas. Um, why am I blanking on um, David? Uh, David. 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 Well, um, you know, David was out there for you know an entire week. Mm -hmm. uh, so we love to have um, those guys involved. Whether it's you know whether it's Mark Dallas Lucio last year from um, from. Um, Wow, thank you. I tell you, we had a long week. My brain is slow at this point, but um, um, so we, you know, we've always had a, a savage race obstacle. Now uh, we've, we've, for multiple years, we had a bone frog obstacle. Um, they haven't gone away. As we've matured and changed, we, we just, you know, we've got our, um, we've got, uh, you know, we've got battle, you know, battle races this year with Sydney here. So um, it hasn't gone away. It's just changed a little bit. Yeah, and it, that's what it seems like. It doesn't seem like it's. It seems like it's less, but definitely not completely yeah. out of the picture. And I'll and I'll give you a little a little tiny bit of, of, of inside information. We're still friendly with all. With, you know, we're really sure. good friends with a lot of these races. And you know, what I do for my my other day day job, it's something that I deal with these races on a, on a regular basis. I've been good friends with Joe DeSena for years. You know. Um, going on like six years now and when we were put, when we were low on rings the other day we had a shipment of rings that didn't come in on time he was one of the first people that i called hey joe I, you're right up the street i nice. can drive up you know i can drive up to the farm and get them do you have any rings and he was like he said yeah let me let me go back back and look That's so awesome. you know we've never had a spartan obstacle so that was this year yeah it was just a so week ago that was no, on, yeah you never had a spartan obstacle who you from indian mother yeah. and ended up yep. us out. yes yeah so while we don't have floating doors this year QB still came up and brought us, you know, you know all the rings for Valkyrie. Yeah, nine nine nice. rings for Valkyrie. You know, we mm, put them awesome. up. We put them up, and then our rings came in the next morning. But, uh, <laughs> but that's the way that it is when you, when you order stuff. Um, once it, again, I so is it just easier for them to 
not have to come out here and do that kind of stuff, I guess? Yeah, I'd say there's, so there's an expense on their part. You know, so we had like so City Challenge this year. It, it fit well with, with LV because he's an East Coast guy. Mm-hmm. So it was easy enough for him to drive the cars up here. It was easy enough for him to bring the boards up. Um, I, I just, you worked with him last weekend. Um, I worked with him two weeks ago on an event that he and I put on every year, a private event. And um, he brought his doors out and we figured out how he was going to get them here. He, he bought a, he rented a trailer and strapped the boards to the back of one of, one of the cars, <laughs> one, of the, one of the taxi cars that people jump over. Um, but there, there's still, if you look at the race and go, oh, there's a whole lot of other name brand obstacles for different races. They're all still. They're really all still there because those races are all a part of us. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. said, yeah, we we just finished having dinner with, with Hubie. Um, you know, uh, LV just left a couple of hours ago. Um, while we were ha- having a, having a drink, the, the, the you know uh, Troy and uh, Sandy from Black Swamp came in to say goodbye. You now Carl's out here from uh, FMF Five. You know, Don was here from Latin Break. We still have mm-hmm. those relationships. Yeah, it's still a bit. You know, it's different as we go over the years. It's evolved yeah, over the years. Yeah, the same thing every year. I definitely didn't think that was a negative. It was just I was just oh, sure. curious of yeah, how the back end of that worked. Yeah, there, you know, and there's even more to it than, than that. So there's a there's a long history. Like, um, you know, the previous race director was was Jerry that that started um, Jerry Foreman that started um, terrain race. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, Jerry when I brought him in a couple a couple years ago, there was you know there you don't want to bring in um, Bill Spada. Uh, I don't. Um, I do know Bill. You know, so, so the, the funny, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said about that. I actually know Bill pretty well. Yeah. Um, he his office is, um, you know, seven miles from my house. Mm-hmm. I've sat down and met with him. Um, I'm not an enormous fan of, of, of the direction that um, that cool events it takes. Mm-hmm. They do it, but they, but they do it just because they do it differently than everyone else doesn't mean that it's that it's good, bad, or other. Um, you don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it. It's different. It's different. Um, some of us love it. And yeah, some of us yeah. Hate it. I mean, I, I love the terrain race for, for what, what it was. Um, we do I, miss what it was. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. And, 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 it, yeah, and, I, and, and I had a, a you know deep relationship. I know every person on that build crew because uh, it was a you know Phoenix-based product, and I live in Phoenix, mm-hmm. so um, I know them them really well. It, it's tough to look at um, the, look at changes and feel comfortable with them, especially when it's friends of yours that were displaced, um, but. You know, it's it's the nature of the business. You know, when uh, you know when you have a, a new owner, whether it's terrain, whether it's you know, uh, you know whether Spartan were to change hands, yeah. you gotta kind of look at it. And go, oh, well, it's different. Do we still love it? Do we still love mm-hmm. it? You have to make the decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done terrain since the changeover, but um, I'm dealing with a year and a half injury, so I haven't done a lot of races. <laughs> this this was the most grueling event, uh, grueling race that I've done in the. Years. Which one did you do? <laughs> this work week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this this, this month long grind of getting It used to be a big part of Alice race as well, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so here's an example of me being a. Can I, can I swear? Is this okay? Sure. Okay. This is an example of. <laughs> so me, talk, you can talk uh, yeah, well, whatever. Okay. This is, uh, so I have. Plen- I've been in this. So I. Without patting myself on the back, I wrote the first book on this board back in 2012. I've been here since day one. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be still here since day one. A lot of people aren't. Most people aren't. Um, but I was a. I sold. I, I sold my baby to Atlas Race uh, when I created OCR Warrior back in you know, 2012. It was something that I loved. Mudrun Guide had uh, had done uh, 2013. Mudrun Guide had done exceptionally well. I, I 
thoroughly pleased that we were in the right place at the right time to do really well. It allowed us, it allowed me to create OCR Warrior, Warrior out of my own pocket. Loved it. Uh, it was so much fun to produce. I always wanted to have a show like that, and I was thrilled with it. Um, in 2015, um, you know, I've, I've actually purged his name from my, my brain, so I couldn't even tell you. Um, but the guy from uh, Atlas Race just robocalled me for days and weeks on end. And I was working out a deal, and, and since they're, if they're gone now, I can say this, but I was working out a deal to partner with, with Warrior Dash to have OCR Warrior as a feature in their, um, in their uh, festival area huh. and do that. And I, I, so RIP Warrior Dash, I know them very well, love them deeply. They're mm -hmm. um, good friends. I would visit them you know, on, a, on a yearly basis, kind of their offices, and they were a great client and lover and guide. I'm, Truly, I honestly deeply liked a lot of those people. Helped place some of those people work, working there. But um, anyways, I really wanted OCR Warrior to exist in the Warrior Dash world. I thought it was a perfect transition from what Warrior Dash was to being able to have the, the Ninja Warrior aspect and really a little bit more cutting edge. And uh, Atlas was calling me at the same time and offering, and just offering anything that I wanted. And um, you know, sometimes when you give a you give somebody a quote for a job, that's more you don't want them you don't want them to hire you, so you double the price. I doubled the price for Atlas Race, and uh, whatever that dude's name was, I don't remember, uh, didn't hesitate and said yes. <laughs> now it's really easy to say yes when you're you know when you're when you're lying through your ass, <laughs> but I had no idea, and I'm a man of my word. So when we agreed to those terms, I. I sold the rights to produce OCR Warrior for an entire year at Atlas Race. And that lasted two events, <laughs> you know, and then I had to go and collect my money. So, um, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but Skull Valley is on Atlas Warrior trussing. I had to re repossess mm -hmm. all of their equipment mm -hmm. to get my money back. So, I mean, it's not fun, it's not friendly, but that's an example of a fuck up where I chose money over my dream. And I learned that lesson really quickly that I'm never going to do that again. You know, with with Blood Run Guide, we don't we don't take sponsors that we sponsors or products or any. You know, I can make I can make a decent chunk of money by taking a, a, a you know a protein product or this supplement or that supplement. We don't do it because it's mostly your wife helps out a big time with that, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, my my actually my business partner Chris is, is a smarter guy than I am, so. When I bring something up to him and say, hey, do you want to do this? We actually have a, C a CBD product for the first time. We pushed that off for months. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, I mean, I tested this product, uh, Venga is the company we use, uh, but I tested them for months before I ever decided to ever put them on the site. And uh, even with, with uh, Adventure, we work with uh, Worlds and Orion, we, um, even though I have a relationship, we won't transfer it over and use them as a sponsor right now because until WADA has accepted Mm -hmm. um, CBD, we're not, we, have, we want nothing to do with it. But um, I mean, even <laughs> behind the scenes that we're at, uh, at with Worlds, we've turned down stupid amounts of money from these you know ridiculous companies like um, like different protein powder, powders and supplements. Companies you've never heard of that just want to get themselves on the map, yeah. and they'll spend anything to do it. But we don't want to be associated with. Yeah. So I mean, the you know the, the sport is still full of all of those those people. It's really tough to kind of weed them out and make sure you stay true to 
what you really want to do. Yeah. Brett's also going to be the race director for OCO World Championships this year. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're just figuring out the whole trip over. To, my wife just booked her trips, <laughs> or her tickets to London, so uh, right we'll be over there again cool. this year. How about uh, coverage? I know so Matt Willis did y'all's coverage. Sure, yeah. I didn't get to see it yet because I've been running. Nor, nor have I. Matt, <laughs> both, um, both days. So Matt's a really good friend of mine. But Matt was a um, like a competitor on OCR Warrior uh, back in 2015, and we've been friends for uh, for years. And he came on to Mudrun Guide shortly thereafter. He's our, uh, our the head of our crew. Okay. And so when he did uh, it pass down from Margaret to him? It, well, it kind of sort of yes and no. So Margaret, um, Mar- Margaret, I love to death. She's a, happy birthday, Margaret! If you hear this, <laughs> um, it was her birthday a couple of days ago. We all sent her a message. Um, we miss her dearly um, um, from having her here. But yeah. she was uh, she was actually an employee of both Adventure and uh, and Mudrun Guide. So when she was doing the live coverage, she was doing it for adventure. Mm-hmm. So when Matt uh, came uh, this year, he said, oh, I'll just take Margaret's spot, which we would love, you know, we, I love what he's doing. But the, um, the reality of it is uh, adventure has their own, their own uh, social team as well. So Matt did it for Mudrun Guy, which mm-hmm. was uh, awesome. I haven't even had the chance to see it yet. Um, I haven't had the chance to see much aside from Sydney's face and Bobby's face yeah. and Justin's face for the last three weeks. But um, I hope that it went well. I, I caught something about, uh, he did an interview with uh, with VJ uh, the other day, so hopefully I'll get a chance to check it out. So I know there's a lot of people like myself out here that sure. are trying to do our own coverage, mm-hmm. kind of to fill the gap, because while y'all have y'all's coverage... Um, and, our, and our coverage is isn't, isn't, isn't definitely um, NLS of week. It's really hard, you know. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always telling you this, but it's really, and we've been doing this for you know for six years. Mm-hmm. It's really, 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 really hard to do coverage of an event because either you want to be involved with it, you want to race in it, you want to hang out, you want to see it, you want right. to do it. I mean, there's very few people that do a, a really good job because it's so tough. But you have the people that are great in niches, like you have uh, you have Arnell. Mm-hmm. I know. It's Come on! I mean, is there anyone better than him that does, you know, for doing the videos and everything? He's he's grown. I mean, I remember his first videos when he started doing this. Um, he's he just delivered a three K video that we're going to release yep. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You I saw him about it. Yeah, I saw him earlier. He does it so quickly and so well. <laughs> yeah. He just does. does he just like head back to his hotel room and start. Yep. He does. He, does. he stays up all night and works. Wow. And we know he's what? so passionate about yeah. it too. Like, but he figures he can't it out take ahead that. of time. Like. Is he shooting? About what shots? Yeah, he he's knows. Really he's planning. He goes yeah. in like like this race. He's telling me he wants to incorporate like the environment, the flowers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing as a whole. Yeah. You know? But we we built these cottage industries around OCR, or they've built themselves. Yeah. I think, right? we, um, OCR is you know we see with losing Warrior Dash and Tough Mudder having economic issues and. You know, the sport where it is now, people will look at it and go, "Oh, we're we're in, you know we're in tough shape for for us here." No, it's it's maturing. It's like you know whether it's road running, whether it's triathlon, sports mature over over time. Mm-hmm. No, you have, you know you you have a sport like cyclocross that never made it big. We got lucky. You know we weren't cyclocross, which had a shot to make it make it big. But you know, OCR blew up. It, yeah. You know, it became it became a, you know uh, the tough mutters of the world became a, a household thing. Um, now we're seeing it flatten out a little bit, but you're seeing the maturation process. You're seeing um, races like like uh, like rugged growing in different areas. Yeah. Races like Spartan having to grow in different areas. They you know they do uh, more than 50% of their business 
you know, internationally at oh, this wow. point. So, um, you know, I, th I, I, like the, I like where OCR is. I remember the days when there was, you know, 600 different races. Yeah. You know, my, my damn book came out, um, and I chronicled 36 different races in my book. By the time it was published, the first, the first printing of it, um, you know, eight of those races were gone. It was gone, gone off the face of the, face of the planet. <laughs> By the time my book was in was in the second fifty thousand publishing, there were you know another half dozen that were gone. So I mean, to this point, I look at my book and uh, where is Jeff? Jeff is gone. There's probably there were probably six of those thirty some odd races that still exist. Hmm. I maybe I maybe less than that. Hmm. Probably four of those races that still exist. But um, you know, but I, I I'm still very I'm very passionate on the sport as we all are. I look at it and think, you know, boy, we're going to be in a good shape. We're going to be in good shape. We just need to kind of weather the storm, and you know, the, the best races are going to survive. Yeah, and I know, you know, like Worlds last year had that awesome coverage that they did, like yes. kind of like a sports. That was okay. that was the the best that that was um, expensive. I'm sure it was difficult, mm -hmm. uh, but it was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, um, you know, having Fran as the host, I've since become friends with her. She's fantastic. But the whole Sky, uh, I know the Sky Network that, that did that, did just an amazing job. Uh, I'm, I'm totally stoked. Uh, so by the way, I wanted to be, I, I petitioned long and hard to be one of the hosts. And I said, you know what, it's a, it's a show in the UK, you know, that we just can't have, you know, we can't have a New England speaking boy over there. It's just not going to work. You're, you're way too, uh, no, you, 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 you're, what is it? you're way too American, I guess, was the way they, that they put it. But I thought they did, um, they did really good coverage, and the way that they produced it was, you know, you know the, the documentary style mm -hmm. came up pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that was really good. And then back, like, uh, you know, in Blue Mountain, the way it was like Margaret and so-and-so from this and so-and-so from that, and they were all switching back and forth. Yeah. That was really nice, too. Yeah. And it seems like... I, I don't know. Is it because Margaret's gone that that has kind of changed? Definitely has changed that. I will. I will. Uh, there is no one that does. I'm, and I don't mean any ill, you know, uh, ill will to anybody else. There's no one who does it like Margaret did it. She was really passionate yeah, too. And she and she could fight her ass away around a mountain. You know, she's you do remember she's the original female world's toughest mother. She was one of the first females to ever. Well, she was the first female to ever qualify for World's Toughest Mother. Oh, okay. Back when you know, qualifying was a thing for it. Yeah. Um, she's a, she's an amazing badass. You know, she's smart, intelligent, and everything else. But she's you know, first and foremost, she was one of the first pros in uh, first Spartan pros as well. Hmm. So she's got a lot behind her uh, when it comes to doing that. She kicked ass over the I can't even stay awake for that. I can barely stay awake now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, she was a rare breed that we miss. We miss her at Mother and Guide. We miss her at, at Worlds as well. Um, will we? Can we catch that that lightning uh, in a jar again? Well, it makes me wonder, like, if Matt Willis is doing it, you know, there's but definitely. Matt, but Matt wants to race. Yeah. So that so that's the difference. Margaret was willing to put her shoes away. Yeah. Right, put her shoes on because she did. She still did just as many miles, but she was willing to, you know, put put the medal aside and come out and, and race to get the coverage. Right. Whereas, you know, if I'm here. I want to race. You know, mm -hmm. Matt's here. He wants to race. Matt, is he doing an amazing job by doing that effort? Yes. Don't get me wrong. But um, you know, racing is still in his prime. Well, I'm, I'm curious if there's enough people like like him, like us, like uh, you know, like Josh Chase from you know, sure. doing the yeah. and yeah. stuff that. 
we could possibly but, all cover it but, together. But Josh, wanted, you know, but Josh wants to race too. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, you know. but like, we're all different age groups, so maybe we could fill the gaps in somewhere. Yeah. But it takes a lot of coordination. It, it, it takes does. somebody like Margaret it, to it, do it. It does. It does. And, you know, without that singular linchpin, it, it's very difficult. And also, at the end of the day, whose umbrella are we going to hang under? Yeah. We're going to hang it under ORMs. We're going to hang it under yours, mine. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part. So. When it comes when, when when it comes to, to dollars and cents, and you're saying, all right, I'm gonna spend, you know, seven hundred dollars to fly somebody there, put them up in a room. I'm gonna pay them fifteen hundred dollars or whatever for three days for coverage, whatever it happens to be. Um, that's that's real money. Yeah. And I don't need to tell you the other part of part of it. But the reality of it is, that's you're not getting that money back. So we can do the best. We can do the most bitching coverage of an event. It, you know, is, is, is OCR, is our world's going to pay for it? Yeah. No, no. Because it's driving our bottom line. Mm-hmm. Are we going to are we gonna reap that back on uh, sponsors? Are we going to sell more tickets to make up that money? We're not. So that's where that's where it falls flat. And I'll tell you right now, um, I, you know, working at ESPN for the better part of a decade, I fully know what it costs to produce a show. So if I want a half an hour on, on ESPN2, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Period. That's the cost. You know. So, where does that money come from? Who wants to do that? So it was really impressive what um, what they were able to do over at Worlds with Sky, because I know that that was a pricey amount as well. But they managed to, they managed to figure it out in a way that they could deliver, you know, really good coverage. So it's tough. You know. So from as a you know one of the heads in in the industry, do y'all have? an idea of what is it going to take to get to that point? Do we need to get to that point? Do we need know, do, we? do we need that cover it's and I hate to say it like this, but so no, that's a good question. Do we who needs that coverage? So let me back up. Maybe I if I look at it from Reverend Guide's point of view. So we've done this since uh, for six years, seven oh seven years now. Um, February twelfth February 12, 2012 is when we started. So we've done this for seven years now. My numbers are 72% organic traffic for first-time visitors. Does that mean, do, do any of those people know who Watch Ryan Atkins are? <laughs> do any of those people know who Ryan Atkins are? Yeah. No. Now, social is a whole different story. Mm-hmm. You don't make any money on social. Um, my website is where the traffic comes. That's where we make our money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So socials, yeah, ours are the other sixty thousand people we have on social or whatever that is. They have no idea at this point. But they know who Ryan is. They know who Lindsay is, and that's great. It's great for us to produce coverage and, and highlight the best people of the sport. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't move the needle for. It doesn't make my uh, you know my 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 Google. Tracy just messes me. Oh, cool. Yeah, this doesn't make my Google ranking change for you know what really turns the needle for income. For, for you guys, you know, I'm sure you figured out the metrics on how you pay to be here, how you pay to do what you're doing right now. Does live coverage move that needle for you? Maybe your answer is different, but I ask the same question. We're, you know, we're, are you going to get more views? Are, I mean, are you going to get more more listens to your podcast, more downloads, uh, more subscribers for having live coverage? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's the... Uh the other racers that just couldn't be here this weekend—they're the one. They're the only ones that want to watch it. <laughs> well, what is that percentage? That—that—that's the important part. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Spartan is a fan. So when we're talking about live coverage, no one touches Spartan. The Spartan video feed on Facebook, 
No one touches it. You know, you've got Amelia, you've got Which is not even live anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But then you you ask yourself the question, you know, when I worked in in, in advertising and in media, you look at, and this is funny because uh, one of my big clients was uh, Toys R Us. And we would look at, um, I was always KB Toys, and we would look at Toys R Us. And we go, all right, well, here's our flyer for what we're selling this, this month. Um, what's Toys R Us doing? Okay, well, why? Let's figure out, let, let's try to analyze why they're doing what they're doing. Because they just spent $10 million on this ad campaign. Let's figure out how we can spend $1 million. So when you look at Spartan, you go, okay, they were live last year. They did a really good job. They did a hell of a job. Um, if you think of the cost, and then you realize, oh, now they're going direct to tape. Well, why? Well, we know why. Reason number one is because coverage on the mountain sucks. So the, the little little tiny bit of history, and I'm sorry, I'm talking That's so right. much. Great. I just happened to walk in on this, by He's the way. He's got a record of them always going over an hour, right, so we're going to keep sorry. it going. I'll, 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 I can crush that myself. This is not an interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not an interview. This is a chat. So uh, a tiny little bit of, of, of history about um, really where um, uh, adventure racing that morphed into OCR came from is Mark Burnett, the, um, the creator of, uh, of Survivor, was originally one of the producers for the X Games <coughs> when they were doing adventure racing. So the X Games, you, excuse me, pardon me, to get a drink of water. The X Games had adventure racing as one of the things that they covered. You know, adventure racing and Super Primal Quest were really getting mm -hmm. big in the early 90s. Uh, great sport, by the way. Um, we Everything that we see out there on the mountain came from that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, adventure racing lives on in OCR. But, um, and even like Joe DeSantis, like Joe was a, was a great adventure racer. So everything you see in Spartan, you're kidding me, absolutely came from, from adventure racing. He just dumbed it down for the average person. Because adventure racing is, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 days, you know, covering, you know, 100, 200 miles. Right. Well, you can't do that on the course out here and, and get, you know, 10,000 people to show up. But, um, so <coughs> the X Games did their, you know, the first year in, uh, in 90, 93, 92, 93, <coughs> covered, uh, thank you, um, covered um, the sport of adventure racing. And it was interesting. It was expensive as shit. So when they build a BMX course and you look at it and go, wow, they spent a million dollars on this course, it was even more difficult and more expensive for them to try to cover um, adventure racing. Mm. So we know live coverage is really hard to do. So technology has changed. We could probably figure this shit out. We've got Wi-Fi, we've got this now. It's still that expensive to produce something. So mm -hmm. Spartan, for as good as their live feed was, they would spend all this money to have a really great signal. They would, you know, they have, you know, great, you know, they're running around with red cameras on the mountain and getting great footage. It's still a spotty, flaky, mm -hmm. you know, it still, still sucks. It doesn't look like, and that's the problem, is we can't get OCR to look like the Tour de France. Mm -hmm. We can't. You know, because they, we don't have the coverage, we don't have the technology, we don't have the sponsors. Because who else is going to sponsor? You know, uh, and when NBC put money into into the the production for um, for Spartan, mm -hmm. it was for one particular race, you know, or one particular series. Yeah. You know, you can't keep that up um, for an entire year with like the Tour de France or any of these other events that 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 take place over an entire you know country. 
they have the production, they have the sponsors, they have the ability to dump a million dollars into coverage and have the best cameras and choppers and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When you've got a, a gator on the ground with you know with a camera, you know, it's really very difficult to do. You got a couple of guys running around with a little uh, you know uh, steady cam trying yeah. to get good good coverage. It's just very difficult. So when we look at it and say, all right, do we? How do we get that coverage? Or do we ever even bother trying to get that coverage? So that's where it comes down to. Maybe um, maybe the reality of it is, um, if you want to experience it, get your ass out here and see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we built a course that came through the festival area. Um, you know, we had four separate obstacles within you know, from the start line, the finish line, uh, four four separate obstacles that you can walk up to, see, touch, and feel as, as a spectator. That's where I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could probably do some better technology with maybe having some big video screens and having cameras at a couple of locations. <clears throat> but you're not going to follow along with an athlete and get good coverage. You're just not, yeah. especially on a mountain. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. No, it's it's awesome. Like obviously, the everyday runner has those concerns. Like, well, why can't I see the the race live? Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of stuff that all this back end stuff that most people aren't thinking about. Yeah, and different, it, just different perspectives. But it comes down to the money. It really, it truly does. Mm-hmm. You, you're sad to say because, like, oh, this would be such a great part of the sport. And you're like, well, you know, aside from like, think of triathlon. They, they, they do the road to Kona. Yeah. Um, that's. You, you see that live? No. No. You see that? You see that a month later? It's a produced event that yep. you see well after you've already known who the winner is. You know. Um, it, it, so it, so it's tough. Live stuff that takes place, uh, you know, over vast distances or over difficult terrain is incredibly tough um, and I don't see it getting any better anytime soon you know even you know, doing it with drone footage now you're too far away and you can't tell the perspective of mm-hmm. you know, dealing with you know uh, handheld stuff you've got the wireless issues so um, I think we really need to look at it and go all right it's really expensive it's really tough to do do we need it and that's going to be an answer we come down to. I love being out in the court. I'll tell you, today, I got, uh, yesterday, or uh, one of these days, they all blur together. Yesterday, oh yeah, yeah, the 15K. I got to go out and sweep the course. And in sweeping the course, we got, you, Sid, did you, how many, you did it every day. So Sid's nodding over here. You can't hear that on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, but we were out on the course with the, with the Gators and running around and watching the athletes. And uh, I was lucky enough, <laughs> I was lucky enough to have a, a, a photographer on the back of the, the gator with me and he's taking photos so of course everyone we went by is cheering and yelling and whooping not because I'm there because there's a there's a cameraman on yeah. the back and they want to look good for the photos but um, that's the way to see it the average, can the average person see it that way unfortunately no yeah. you know so um, I think having really good participation in festival areas is where uh, is where the rubber meets the road. That's the free way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's where your mom can see it. That's mm-hmm. where you know, you know the, the the future of the sport. We were just talking to, to VJ earlier. Uh, VJ Jones. He crushed the uh, the three K. He beat, mm-hmm. beat Ryan. And, well, you know this. Yeah. Yeah. But when he beat Ryan, and we were talking today about um, you know him coming out, him sneaking into a race at thirteen, him you know being in the corral <laughs> at eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. and seeing his racers out there that he couldn't go race with. And I was talking with him today about, what well, yesterday, I'm sorry, about why he wasn't racing in the 15K and talking about the, the distances that he does well in and everything else. And it's fun to dig into these people and learn more about them. But the reality of it that's interesting is 
was a 13-year-old kid that saw obstacle racers go coming by. He got stoked, and now he's one of the best in the business. Yeah. That's where we need to invest our money. In. Mm-hmm. That's where I think, you know, if this sport's going to continue, we need people like BJ. We need the kids that are so stoked about this sport that they're not going to go play basketball. BJ's what, like 6'2"? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can, you know, you can, you can, you know 6'2 is a point guard in the NBA. He can, he can play hoops probably. You know, um, I sure as hell can. But um, when we when we see these athletes saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on OCR, or, you know, I'm gonna do parkour, you know, half the year and do OCR when I can. They're gonna focus on running and strength and all the stuff that we love. You know, we're the old, we're, I mean, we're you're younger than I am. But we're the old timers <laughs> in this sport. Yep. And we look at it and go, oh, you know, I I wish I wish I was 13 years <laughs> yeah. old starting this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but if it wasn't for these kids, you know, the future of the sport are these participants that are coming out right now, guys and girls, that are so stoked. I mean, did you see our 13? Uh, was it thir- our 13 to 19 field? The girls, did you see that awards mm-hmm. on Saturday? On Saturday, mm-hmm. the girls from 13 to 19 just crushed the course. Their times were destroying. Like, um, you know, obviously, you know. We peak at 30 to 34 or something. So the male 30 to 34 is at the mm-hmm. times. But they were beating like the males, you know, 45 and up pretty handily. Because I was standing around with a lot of guys that are my age. And the girls were co- coming up and their, their times were, you know, seven, eight minutes better than, than the guys standing around me. And they're like, you know, in first place for 19, uh, 13 to 19, the 16-year-old from Albuquerque, you know, Betsy Ross or whatever had a you know forty seven minutes and twenty six and the guy next to me goes. <gasps> <laughs> I had the pleasure to race today with one of the, the guys that raced thirteen to nineteen. Yeah. And he won podium. Isn't that today. crazy? Yeah. And he moved, man. Just oh, solid yeah, athletes. Hauling. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good part is I got us over an hour. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just get Brett to show up. He can talk for an hour. <laughs> Yeah, we actually, so right before you walked out, we were talking about uh, just how we finished our, our the charity run okay. today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you Wait, know, the, what did you think of the charity run? So, honestly, I would love... Yeah. This, we were just this, talking about it. It was pretty good. Yeah. This is unfettered feedback. Um, so, of the changes that... Oh, I hate to say this out loud. Uh, but of the things that we think could possibly change for, for next year's event, um, we thought maybe the charity, charity race was a little bit too long. Yes. I, I mean, I enjoyed it because I loved getting up there and seeing the view from the top. Yeah, I know two of the people. You were only mid mountain. Huh? It wasn't even the top. Yeah, yeah. Mid mountain. yeah. I mean, but yeah, from, just from where I was. But <laughs> I don't mind doing long courses. You know, like I, I've signed up for the ultras. I'm, yeah. I'm doing the toughest ones. I don't, I don't mind doing the long courses. Now, two of the people that were was with us, yeah. they did not enjoy like going. my wife that was yeah. just sitting here yeah. who might do a race once a year. She yeah. has a funny Facebook page for struggles of a raceway. Oh, nice. <laughs> but hey, don't let my wife yeah. on there because you don't want to hear the things she'll say, especially after I'm gone for a while. So she could podcast with her. She wasn't a huge fan of the distance of it. and I, She was not happy with the climb. Yeah. yeah. But, but there was, after yeah. that, she loved it. But there was, there was definitely a part where in my head I went, oh, man, like this, this is more of a climb than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But once it was said and done, I was happy I did it. Yeah. But... You know, I, I was, last time I was doing any of these races was back when I was in Texas and I did the 15. Yeah. And then I was, this year I went, well, I'm not going to do 15. I'm just going to do three. Did you do US with us? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
but so, I didn't want, so that was yeah. my first course for uh, for adventuring. Okay, yeah, cool. uh, that was that was my my that baby. Was a fun event. He put yeah, some effort. He, 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 he put some effort into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never put I've never put thank you by the way. I said I've never put that much effort into. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say this, but anything else in my life <laughs> to that degree. I, we were out in, uh, in Cur- Curville, Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were out there um, maybe four separate times. We mapped that course so many times. We analyzed it. We figured out. We cut new trails. We did so many different things. I was, and I, and I was, I'll be flat out honest, I was crushed when the uh, when Hurricane Harvey yeah. mm-hmm. you know, really hit us yep. hard. Um, our, you know, the participation was about <coughs> half of what we yep. expected. It was a very, very difficult time to work. You know, you work for six months on something and you want yeah. it to be the best ever. Um, I will tell you flat out. Especially how Brett does things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you trying to say that I'm a little bit methodical on no, these things? But I'll tell you, uh, working six months on that and having to work out that way, but to come back and to work for six weeks, um, that's all we had mm-hmm. this time. So um, I, um, I came on six weeks ago and we had to pull this all together. This was um, this was so much more rewarding than Texas yeah. in a shorter t- time. And if it wasn't for you know Sid and Bobby and Justin and Jason and everyone else that joined the, the party, there's mm-hmm. no way we would have pulled it off, especially to the degree that we did. I mean, that's the thing that you don't see. You, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. You really don't. Yeah. Um, because uh, the amount of work that goes into it is... Uh, sometimes isn't commensurate with the, with the product. In this instance, I thank you for mm-hmm. the con- kind of words earlier, but I'm gonna say, damn it, it was it was <laughs> worth it. We yeah. produced something that was worth all the work that we That was great. It. So lengthwise of the charity race, what if it, like instead of doing that climb, yep. went up a little bit, but then cut back over and went all the way back to Dragon's Back? Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, you, you, you kind of nailed it. Um, if I, um, so, Timing is the issue. So with the um, with the team race and the charity race, charity race, the team race is difficult because we have to modify the course extensively mm-hmm. from the fifth. So got a three k. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that 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 baby's no worries. We yep. know exactly where it's going to be. It's going to be all around festival. Got it. Nailed it. No problem. But Friday, um, even prior to the three k even being set up, Wednesday, Tuesday. Oh, Bobby started Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday. Bobby started marking the course for the 15K. It takes two full days to do. Um, on a mountain, that shit's tough. Does he, he, all does he do one mm-hmm. tape and then the next tape? No, um, <laughs> so there's three of them. So um, he's a maestro of course design, by the way. Uh, he took our, our maps and he made them real. When you plot, that's the funny part. You take Google Maps and you plot everything out. You've got this exact mileage and you've got exactly this. And then you realize this Google Map or Google Earth view was created 18 months ago. That trail is over. Mm-hmm. That trail doesn't even exist anymore. Those trees have grown up. You can't even get through there. Um, in that spot you thought you can get across that brook, there's no way. It doesn't even exist. So when I, when I first came out here to Stratton, I, I had a course that was already pre More than spots spot you can't go. Oh, yeah. You just, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> there we yeah. go. So Spartan had, uh, Spartan, oh, uh, Stratton had to give back um, some areas for conservation. These so birds. Yeah. These birds that we keep hearing about? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the thrush or whatever from last year. No, this wasn't that this year. Uh, although there were, it was a bear habitat that we had to work around on as well. Um, but they gave a, a, they built a new lift this past year, and they built new mountain bike trails. Mm. Those two things separately probably wouldn't be a big deal. 
put them together and that covered a huge section of the mountain. The, mountain, uh, the sinuosity trails for mountain bikes came come all across the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like some, nice. yeah, like five mm-hmm. million dollars worth of trails or something like that. But um, when they built the new lift this past year, the, the Sun Bowl lift, uh, Snow Bowl lift, uh, it, um, it, they had to give some area back to the state. That area was directly where all of our courses were laid out. <laughs> I didn't know that until I got here three weeks ago. So we said, all right, we're going to modify the maps. We're going to move them around. Not a big deal. So we did that. And then um, that covered the, uh, the the 3Ks on the base, so not a big deal. But that covered the 15K and the team race that was going was going up that section. Well, this, the 7K was going to come exactly like you guys just mentioned, come across the mid-mountain. Mm-hmm. We thought that that would be a fantastic way to do it. Now, the one issue about coming across mid-mountain and going over to Sun Bowl is we don't come through the village. Bad issue because we really want people to see people there. So we try to build these clover leaves, and you saw that with the uh, team race. Mm-hmm. Team race was all these clover leaves coming out of the out of the base, and that yeah. was on purpose. But that kind of sucks because, like Sid today, had to do the strength leg. The strength leg, after running you around for the speed leg, the strength leg went from the base right, right by all the way back up to mid mountain. Yeah. So um, while clover leaves are a good idea, it's really difficult. Anyway, so back to the seven K. We originally wanted that to be a lot shorter. Um, I actually cut, the, when we had that conservation area, I cut the 7K down to about 5K. And then reality set in, the timing of um, going from the team race to changing all of this course tape for the 7K, you've got 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Today we didn't have 40 minutes because Bobby was out running the team race. We all double teamed it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, so there's 20 minutes to make we some changes. We finished it right when we were going. Yeah, <laughs> there's 20 minutes to make some changes, so we couldn't make any any big changes. So what we did is we took the team race, we actually pulled out elements of it and made that the 7K. Now, in reality, what we want to do is uh, we want to pride ourselves on having four distinct courses. Mm-hmm. Next year, you're going to see four distinct courses. Mm-hmm. Next year, you're, I would love for, uh, we're still working on it, but I would love for there to be you know, four distinctly different distances as well. That means the, you know, the team race will probably be a different distance than, distance than say, the charity race. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much away, but we have some distinct plans of what we want to do with those distances. We have, we've spent, so in the entire three weeks we spent building this, uh, when we weren't building in point A, we were looking at point B, C, D, and E. Um, there's a lot of mountain here mm-hmm. that we didn't cover. And working with the Stratton team, they let us in on, oh, hey, by the way, there's another three miles of trails over there that you didn't even think about. Oh, man. Yeah, so we've got mm-hmm. um, we've got areas that, if the course is here next year, because mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it is, and I truly don't, no, no I'm, not, I'm not hedging. I truly don't know the answer, okay? But if the course were here next year, um, the course that I want to build looks so much different than the course you, you saw today and the course you saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I'm really excited if that were the case because there's some neat stuff that we could do. There are uh, there's the great things about this venue. It's like the merchandise, you have the yeah. inside store, you yeah. have nice bathrooms, not porta potties. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, you know, having a village is huge. Mm-hmm. A, you know, I, I, to coin a phrase, it takes a village to make a great event, but having you know, the restaurants, having everything that we have here, great lodging, you know, we're, we're sitting here in Black Bear Lodge recording <laughs> yes. this. This is a great little place. Um, you don't have that when you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You've got to go to a hotel, hotel yeah, down the no. room or, or down the hill or sleep in your car. This is pretty bitchy. Um, 
I would love, I'm knocking on wood here, that I would love to come back here and do it again next year. If we do, and if I'm successful in persuading Adrian and the team at Adventury to make the changes that I would like to change, I think that there would be some, would be some really cool shit. There's a lot of meat left on the bone here mm. at Stratton that I would love to uh, utilize for mm. next year. I got another thing I'd like to feedback on. Sure. Um, if you had, uh, I, I've talked to Sid a lot about how Bill gets done, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've seen his drawings yep. with like stick figures and stuff. Sure. <laughs> and so I've talked <laughs> to him about how would it be beneficial to have 3D models and parts lists built off of that? Um, would yeah. that be yeah. beneficial to you guys? Yeah, uh, yes and no, because the um, well, yes. That's for looks. So you know what's going on. Yeah, but you know what? Nobody gives a shit about that. You don't see my drawings. My drawings are... So I built... When I built Skull Valley and um, all the stuff for... Um, what was it? OCR Warrior. I mean, you don't want to see those drawings. Those stuff, I'm, a, I'm a graphic designer by trade. So it was stuff that I threw together in Adobe Illustrator. But would it not also help with marketing? I mean, obviously there's multiple... It, it, it does. And I've seen some ways to do it really... Savage, I, in the past, did a tremendous job with that. They had... Uh, when they... Yeah. yeah, the 3D modeling of stuff looked really bitching. Um, when the rubber meets the road, you have to create that. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, that's not hard to do. Um, we could, I could get a takeoff of all the scaffolding um, in 3D really easily because yeah. you know the the the, the, ring, the ring and that's what he does really. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, there you go. So you know, I can get a takeoff of that really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody like you could do it. Um, it's interesting because somebody that knows how to build it, like Sid. I don't need to mock it up. We can go through and we can figure it out. It takes them, you know, half an hour to, to quantify everything that we need to put together. Um, as it was, like I said, this year he did nine um, different obstacles. He built other elements around the, uh, the um, uh, festival area, the you know, backdrops and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of scaffolding. And it took you, what, you know, seven hours to get it back to me with a complete sheet. You know, and then we amended that to make sure that it fit on one trailer. You know, it's just, that's that sort of stuff. Um, yes, there's ways to do it, um, and it looks great. Uh, I were I was um, one of the original testers for Alpha Warrior. Are you familiar with that at all? Mm-hmm. That's all built out of um, out yeah, of Seattle. Huge structures. Yeah, enormous, unbelievable structures. Um, you know, David and the team over there did a really stupid, amazing job um, of stuff. But that was also, you know, it was a you know an eleven day build and you know hauling multiple trailers. So there's a lot to it on both sides. Um, do I, back to your question, do I think a CAD drawing would help? Um, it would help with the planning of it, but realistically, I want to know, I want to know the footprint. That's huge. You know, well, I'm sorry, let me back up. I get to the footprint by, by knowing how many lanes we need. Mm-hmm. So we, we calculate our 14, throughput. 12, huh? Yeah, we calculate our, our throughput. Uh, we know what we have for registration. We look at it and we, uh, we develop where it is on the course so we don't, we don't have a pinch point but that that in turn goes back and gives us what, what our footprint is going to be um, and like you saw with uh, Urban Sky we had what a couple of feet on either side to squeeze that sucker in the village oh yeah yeah so we took our Urban Sky from the last three years that we've had it mm-hmm. and we modified the hell out of it Sydney took it remember it used, used to drop down each mm-hmm. different section mm-hmm. Uh, in Texas, that thing was 12 feet long. Yeah, it was huge. Yep. So how'd y'all like that now? Whereas three shorter ones or one long one? I like being one long one. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a crazy nope. hard obstacle, nope. but it was fun. Uh, and 
the extra little doodads that, that were on it before. Um, I, didn't, I can't say I missed them. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, excuse me, I think the uh, so those spinners um, are enjoying a life in London. I think that's where those are. So the original spinners that we got from Rick Urban and uh, those guys uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. I think those are in London. We still have, so we still have his wheel. We call it Urban Sky, but really we only have his wheels left over. Um, the other Urban Sky is the actual brand that makes those yeah. red ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Rick, Rick, Ur- yeah, Rick Urban made those. Yeah. A great dude out of uh, Netherlands. Um, but uh, yeah, so one of those countries. Right? It's been, been a long day. But all the other elements on there, the, the, the D-rings, um, mm-hmm. that, by the way, I, I should just tell you that I designed those. <coughs> and, and, uh, and Carl, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Carl built them. Actually, I, I wanted a, a smooth, a smooth uh, semi-circle. But I got to tell you later about me some things me and Carl talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I, can't I mean, those, those were great. That, yeah. that, was, that was one of my favorites today. Was, Thank you. Was that one, one, the placement of where it was, yeah. was perfect. Yeah, so is, many I mean, around Team Puerto Rico crowded around. Yeah, it. I know. So our offices are right above that. So yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Like, so, so, all, so I'd be sitting in the office and I'm working on our our loadout plan. And mm-hmm. I'm working on London and everything else. And I'll get, hello, Puerto Rico. I mean, they're the, the loudest, greatest. Oh yeah. I've never so so worlds. You get a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But Team Puerto Rico, oh my yeah. god, oh, yeah. are you kidding me? They brought it. Oh man. Yeah, the placement of that was great though, but. That that Those was sit. Huh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that obstacle, especially those, not even the spinners, but the 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 D's. For my first day, I failed it. I because you, you have to figure out. Yeah, and that where, and that's the thing. I, I went on it probably eight or nine times. I was there for a good twenty minutes. Yeah. And thankfully, trying to muscle his way. Yeah, through try, I was trying to muscle his my way through it. Muscle, and yeah. and that's what it, that's what I had to learn. Jason actually like he told me what to do and showed me video of me doing it wrong and then I got up today first try straight through yeah. and it was just this rewarding feeling but it was instantly this conversation of it's 100% technique because yeah. those D-rings those D you look at and you go well, if I go to the furthest end I'm closer yeah. but you're not you yeah. gotta get yeah. right yeah. in that balance yeah. point it's all technique so those D-rings actually go both go both ways yeah. they'll, they'll go flat this way we, we saw it in Texas mm-hmm. in Texas oh, yeah, yeah. 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 so we had more room in Texas so what we did was um, because we had a crowd at this time though they all had to face that way yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so we had you know we went we turned them you know, perpendicular to each other but originally that design was going to be a, a semicircle, mm-hmm. and Carl Carl came back to me and said, "If we do it in a semicircle, we have to get a tool made. We have to bend them like mm-hmm. this. And it's going to cost you X amount of money. I can make them in this D shape like this." He said, "It'll be just as good." And the funny part is, I love that you have a flat spot in those two forty-five degree mm-hmm. angles yeah. because now you have to decide. Whereas with a, you know with a curved one, you can probably shimmy your hands yep. well. You can't do that here. So um, I, I think that that's an example of um, you know of working with a really talented designer, somebody mm-hmm. who does everything you know in, in a CAD drawing, and going, hey, here's what we have, well, how can we do it? And he, Carl's yeah. fantastic, by the way. He goes, oh, I can do that. Just give me a minute, and he'll come back to me the next day and say, oh, well, how about this? We can build this. We can build this out of aluminum, or we can build this this way. So uh, yeah, like over and under. Yeah, that was, was a cool one. Oh, that was great. It, it's nice to see ones that aren't just another. Really. Yeah. yeah, but it's but it's so unique. But it's stupid. Yeah, it's so, you know, we can say we can say it's a stupid looking obstacle. You're like, oh come on, what is this little stupid? Yeah. Oh, but it's fun. It's hard. And, it, and that, was, that was the good thing about that's the good thing about the charity races that you have the time to go up and just play on the obstacles and go. 
let me try as many times as I can. Yeah. I did it, you know, maybe I failed it the other day. Yeah. Let me think about the technique no, that no, I need no to band, use. No band, no obstacle yeah. completion today. Just, it's all and just, about fun. Just spend your time trying to figure out the parts that you might have screwed up the first time. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, um, and I'll leave you with this because i got to get up. If I don't get some sit down. Plus, I'll talk food. to him. Bobby, grab me some food. No, your food didn't come. <laughs> so, so Sid was Sid was here while we were having. So, by the way, Sid mm-hmm. passed up dinner at a nice restaurant to be here. I know. And then I, I show know. up and talk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then again, this is this is exactly this is Fred Stewart one on one right here. I managed to do shit like this. He's a lot better talking than me. No, <laughs> but um, the um, so and I, this is a plug for Adventure. Um, so just hear me out. The reality of um, Athletes First is we spend a stupid amount of time going over those results, getting the feedback, talking to athletes, trying to figure out. And that's one thing I do uh, say about Adrian and Rob is they mm-hmm. really look at the surveys. I mean, the entire time. Like one time, they were about to modify stairway because of the landing. And they went through the surveys and see if anybody said anything about the exit mm-hmm. the stairway. You know, that's what they do. If there's any issues, they'll go through the surveys, mm-hmm. see if anybody said anything about this X, Y, and Z obstacle. Yes. Okay. We, we changed our signage this year. We changed how we did the transitions for the um, for the team race this year, just based on that feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think, ah, oh, we, we really freaking listen. And it's, sometimes it's a pain in the ass. Sometimes it's, oh, we're gonna change exactly, we're gonna change the way that you do or stuff. Or last minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's last minute changes because of, uh, of feedback that we get. We take our own internal feedback, but the reality of it is um, the sport of OCR is changing. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. When we see a warrior dash leave, it shakes us the hell mm-hmm. up. You know, we, it's a, we see Tough Mudder having issues, issues you know, with, uh, participation it shakes you up a little bit all right well we can't just skate by on what we've done before we need to focus on something is it harder obstacles is it longer courses and we come back to the whole athletes first because if athletes tell us what athletes are going to tell us with their pocketbook or their mouth mm-hmm. if they tell us with their pocketbook it's too fucking late yeah okay when they tell us with their mouth then you'll when they type it <laughs> they're not telling mm-hmm. a lot of times you know they're grabbing us by the ear and telling us here locally um but the chance that they have online to tell us whether it's on Facebook or, or through these athlete, athlete feedback, we take that shit really seriously and we put it into what we're doing for year to year. Now, that being said, of um, everybody, you know, just the entire team and all of the people that work with us, we probably have you know 50 years worth of, worth of experience in the sport combined. Mm-hmm. So we look at it and go, all right, there's things that people want, there's things that we should do, and then there's things that if we, if we can or can't. Yeah, people may not, may not even be asking for this, but we need to look at and figure out, okay, there's things that we can do to make this race better. I'll tell you right now. Um, I'll even tell you numbers on it, or I'll even allude to the numbers on it. Our participation for women is down. So you look at that and you say, all right, why? Usually that feedback comes in that the dis- it's either too long, mm-hmm. it's too hard with obstacles, or, um, well, I guess those two things are the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things was, you know, the jackass who built Skull Valley didn't put a step you know, for years. <laughs> you know, I got I got beaten beaten mercilessly for feedback the last two years because uh, yeah, because we didn't get up to it. Yeah, oh, yeah, rope the Skull Valley oh. or something else. You know, making it difficult to start. Yes, you would put a step there. 
and we're going to do that in the future. We got great feedback. Simple little 24-inch step yeah. made life so much better for everyone. Makes it, I'm sure. Yeah. And the cool thing makes it, makes it yeah. like a start. That's where you yeah. start. Yeah, it makes it, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. So a lot of times when they're like, oh, this is the women's step, I'm going, I'm 5'6". Yeah. This is, this is, it's right this there. is my step, yeah. too. I'm stepping on that. Yeah. Thing. But um, we take that feedback and we look at it, and, and I will tell you first and foremost that the biggest growth we've had in the sport of OCR, putting this on, 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 on the podcast, the biggest growth we had was in 2015. In 2015, yeah, that, that was the first time that female participation outpaced male participation. Mm. Oh, wow. So when we looked at the sport, we were looking at 51 to 53% female participation. Mm. So we look at the sport now, yeah. it's back down in the low 40s. You know, It's probably gonna you know, teeter into the high 30s really soon. So we're driving women out of the sport. Mm. now. Women are more experiential. Are they coming in and doing one and done? Guys are more of a grinder. I get that sort of thing. But if we're going to be athletes first, we have to serve females a lot better than we're doing Mm -hmm. now. We love our female athletes because they make the decisions for the household. They they make the travel plans. My wife just booked our tickets for London. Like This stuff is really, really important. So if you're going to grow a sport, you have to grow a sport the right way. You want to grow a sport with, with, with women, you know, at least 50% of the growth plan for the future. Mm-hmm. So um, the changes that we want to make, focusing on athletes first and focusing on making sure that we retain our female audience and hopefully grow back to that 50% mark, um, are that you're going to make some changes. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't see it as anything that guys are going to look at and go, oh shit, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> We're trying to look at it as let's all do this together. Because yeah. when OCR was, was at its peak, just four years ago, that's what was happening in the sport. You mm-hmm. had, you know, the explosion of Dirty Girl. You had, you know, five different female races out there, and they did mm-hmm. exceptionally well. That added to the bottom line. You saw, you did, you know, uh, Tough Mudder's Mudderella mm-hmm. didn't. You know, it came out and it was way too difficult. It was, mm-hmm. a, you know, f- five mm-hmm. to seven mile or nine mile. Yeah, it was Mudderella. was a nine mile race that had all of the uh, the obstacles of the twelve mile race. Which is short. Mm. Well, that wasn't serving women. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. If we're going to do it right, we're going to do it in a, in a way that's inclusive to everyone. You know, whether you're our height or whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, whether you're a guy, whether you're a gal. Um, do you know if that trend is the same in like Spartan and some of the other ones? Yeah. Too? Yeah. It's across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Spartan has done better with women uh, in the past. They're, they're, they've done better with women in the past. When, you know, when Spartan chick was more of a thing and they focused a little bit more on, on that. Um, but Spartan, as they've, te- they've as they've grown the brand to be, um, and they've done a great job with their marketing to be more exclusive. Mm-hmm. Now, the marketing is more ex- the, the marketing shows it as a more inclusive race. Yet they still have stuff like Atlas balls, and they, we're tra- you're talking to a guy who just put made women carry a fifty pound right back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so please, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that I, that I'm all rosy over here, but. Um, you, you look at a, a Spartan race and you go, okay, well, that's just as hard on the women as it is on the guys, mm-hmm. obviously. And it, Spartan even goes a little bit farther to make it easier on the women's hoist or the women's mm-hmm. line and that sort of thing. Um, we act, The funny part is we don't believe in that part of it. We want to make the race good for everybody. So you make it good for women by not giving them a lighter weight on the carry. You make sure that the other, whether it's the, you know, whether it's a crawl or whether it's a, um, something like over under, women destroyed over under. Oh yeah, you know, because it's a you know it's a height to weight issue. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a weight to strength issue type of obstacle. So those are the type of things. So you, you need s- to halfway more. Yeah, we, we, we have to get to that point, 
and it's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can throw walls and we can throw. I can do rigs all day long. You know, but when we do the types of rigs that women could excel at, mm-hmm. suddenly you see guys you know that that are have to fight with the technique. So that's important to me as well. Uh, like Urban Sky is a great example. Mm-hmm. If you're 120 pounds and you're agile, you can get across there way better than me at 160 pounds. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and old. But um, anyways, so I will leave you guys with that, and I'll get the hell out of here. I'm sorry. I only took right. up. A, wait, wait, I only took up seven minutes of your time. That's all I did here. Um, we, pre- we appreciate you sitting there. Yeah, hey, awesome. thank you. That's a lot of good, yeah, good feedback, good information. Thank sure. you. Um, I love the sport. You love the sport. I love the fact that you guys invited me over. I didn't even see the microphone when I walked over. Um, but that's a pretty neat microphone, man. I know. I know. Yeah, that yeah. one. Paper ball, that one. That's probably. a like nice. when I first started. That's a blue, yeah. yeah. So that's which one you've been doing all the recordings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a, it's a blue USB micro. Look at that. It's, yeah. it's a thing of beauty. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for... I can't even say having me because you had no choice. I just walked over and sat down. But I love, I know, I love being on the I love the fact that you had Sydney here, even though I did all the talking. But anyways, yeah, appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. What time is calling in the morning? Six thirty. Uh, yeah. So um, no, we're meeting at nine o'clock in the morning. We're gonna come here. And no, wait, wait, wait. You're ruining the audio. I got meal tickets. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see you guys in the morning. Much love. Here's here's the sports right, right. All right. Yeah, that's a good place to call it. Yeah. Hour 30. Definitely longer than the other recap episodes. The other first one, I think, was like 15 minutes. Oh, the, and then well, the first one was short. We had that band start. Yeah, and then yesterday <laughs> was about 30 minutes, I think. Yeah. So, how y'all like these long podcasts? Oh, you know, people love them. We did that one, and it was, my God, we recorded for like and two, and two and a half hours, and I broke it into three episodes. Oh, yeah. And I was talking to Mark about it the other night, and, and uh, he was saying, the, what did you say about it that it made you you hate it how it was like that you that it didn't finish the conversation oh yeah it, it turned me so I didn't finish it but was, every time did you listen to I was those? getting ready to listen to the next part and it was like, kind of jumped over yeah it was like alright let's talk about CrossFit and then the end music kicks in did you hear those oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fake head at the end yep. of it yep trickster yeah he talked for a while but I mean at the same time he also talked about a lot of things that we were kind of thinking about yeah. beforehand well that was kind of why I wanted yeah. you to come sit with us too just to like it's he was saying you don't want to see how the sausage is made but I, I think having that perspective for a lot of people I think is so super helpful yeah. sometimes you know because a lot of people will be like well that was stupid because of X, Y, and Z well that's your perspective but, but you, you don't, don't understand know the, yeah, all the whole stuff. grand plan yeah so when people hear that smart people will go oh okay maybe that's I was wrong mm-hmm. yeah I understand Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, a lot of people just get crazy and wonder why this, you know, it's not like OCO world, you know, like where it's like crazy hard obstacles mm-hmm. and this and that. It's like, well, yeah. you gotta have women finish, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks for listening. And it is 10:43 now. This might go up tonight, hopefully. And uh, <laughs> see you next time.
Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.